so podcasts are replacing mainstream media in terms of relevance and importance for three reasons. One, the host is an entrepreneur, not a journalist. So they're coming from a place of abundance, not scarcity. Most journalists, and this is how it is, they're coming from a place of scarcity. They're trying to save their jobs or their job salaries cut in half like mine were. So they're looking for anything, anything, you know, whatever negative, if it bleeds, it leads. Okay. So entrepreneurs for the most part are our podcast hosts are entrepreneurs, not journals. Big difference. Uh, two, you can do a deep dive on the subject. So, you know, 30 minutes, 60 minutes, it's not a drive-by interview like on radio or TV. So you really get to know the subject and the host, by the way, but the subject. So you really get to know them. And then three, the audience might not be as large quantity-wise, but it's a far more qualified audience. So a, a regular human being probably isn't going to listen to us. I mean, maybe they will, but I doubt it. But high-performing entrepreneurs will because they're like, oh, finally someone understands what I'm talking about. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, In my walks, every man I meet is my superior in some way, and in that, I can learn from him. This means every single person you've ever interacted with has done something slightly different than every single other person, and therefore has something to teach you, and you, my friend, have something to teach them. This means every conversation you have is both a chance to learn something and a chance to make an impact. Every room full of people you walk into is both a library and your stage. And the better you get at getting to know people, the value they each inherently bring, and how to share it with others, the greater the impact you can make on the world. My name is Pablo Gonzalez, and I've created a system called the Relationship Flywheel designed to create impact through relationships at scale. And this podcast is a living document of how to do it. So hit subscribe right now. If you want to learn how to get to know people, get them to know you and build a world-class network. Some episodes will be interviews. Some episodes will be regular calls with people building rapport and some will be tactical advice to teach you how to build your own relationship flywheel and achieve anything you want. Now smash that subscribe button and let's get connected. Welcome back to the Chief Executive Connector podcast. I am your host and Chief Executive Connector and I am super, super pumped today to have somebody on that I have been quasi-stalking online for a <laughs> solid like three to four weeks. His name keeps coming up for people mentioning him to me and we connected an event a little while ago and I looked at it and I have him on my calendar. Once people started commenting his name, I was super, super pumped up about it. He is a man of uncommon swagger and intellect <laughs> in his self-confidence. He's a world-class entrepreneur and thinker, a world-class visionary. And the way that he describes PR is something that I find to be the first time that has ever made me interested in PR. And I just, I, somebody I really, I'm dying to build this relationship with, Justin Breen, the CEO and founder of Brepic Consulting. Welcome, sir. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for that. That was, uh, you and I have the exact opposite personalities yet with the same collaborative vision. So I think this will be a very interesting conversation. I actually feel I have no swagger. That's interesting. You think I have a lot of swagger. I feel like I have none. And uh, I feel that how I look at myself is I'm the most direct person you'll ever meet. And directness just weeds out all the nonsense and just attracts people at the highest level who get it. So just directness weeds out all the noise and nonsense. It just attracts the people that I want to hang out with. Makes a lot of sense. Hey, man, it, it, it attracted me. So hopefully, hopefully I'm somebody you want to hang out with. 
Justin, as I told you a little bit before this interview, this is about human connection. I want you to connect to the audience and make this as possible, you know, as, as worthwhile this time for you. And I think that the two quickest ways people connect is when somebody adds value to their life, which I'm sure you're going to do in this conversation. And, and if they share a vulnerability, if they see a pain that you share in their eyes, our friend that's listening in her ear is going to see you as a person that she, she or he relates to. So I was hoping you could tell me kind of anything that you're struggling with right now or something you've struggled with recently, and we can start there. Yeah, so nothing now. So I started my company four years ago with zero business background, zero revenue. I still don't know what an escort means because that's all meaningless. So I started my company after my job salary was cut in half. I couldn't find a job. So in four years, built a global company that only works with the top people in the world who make investments and don't look at things as costs, don't have scarcity. They live in abundance. So I'm 43. I grew up Literally never heard the word entrepreneur growing up, got a full academic scholarship to college, never heard the word entrepreneur, never took a business course. So, I mean, my point is, if if you have this mindset, you can create a global company. You can, you can do it because I'm literally living proof of that. So I would love to get into the first couple of years in your company, right? Because I, <laughs> I very much Me echo... Too. With with your journey, right? Like I, I also come from an affluent background. I full scholarship to college. Never thought I'd be an entrepreneur. Being a corporate executive was kind of what I was groomed and put on a pedestal for my whole life. And I am right now at a stage where I fully believe in my how you describe it, right? This whole like world class thinking and mindset and and ability to like be a visionary and spin it and communicate and connect with the right people. I know I have that. I know I have a great product the way that you have a great PR product. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm in that stage right now. Proven process, have have like really great clientele, Mm -hmm. testimony experiences, Mm -hmm. and I'm figuring out what my next stages are. So if you could tell me when you first... I know that your background came, you came from media, right? Like you were, you were in, you were, you were a journalist mm-hmm. and you realized, and I'm trying to like shortcut it because I I, I want to get into like deep stuff. Cause I've been spending so much in you speaking, right? I know you're a journalist. You realize that the way that PR people reach out to journalists is crap and you could <laughs> figure out a better process of how to serve them better. And tell me how you, how you got started and, and, and where it went from there year one. Yeah, year one. So April 16th, I incorporated. So that was April 16th, 2017. After my job salary was cut in half on February 10th, 2017, I tried to find a full-time job, couldn't find a job. So I was working uh, half at half the pay, half the salary over six weeks from April 16th, 2017 to June 1st. I reached out to 5,000 people to get my first five clients. So one out of a thousand said yes, 999 no's for every yes. So I got the fifth client on June 1st, and then resigned June 2nd, and then Robert Feeder, he's the top media columnist in the Midwestern portion of the United States, did a story. I started my own firm June 5th. So most people can't do that. Why? Because they're not meant to be the highest performing entrepreneurs on the planet. I mean, that's fine. The world needs more integrators anyway, but I was genetically, I was genetically made to be able to do that. Overwhelming rejection, whatever, entrepreneur life. So that was just to get the company started. So since then, Knock on wood, the company's always been very profitable, but incredible ups and downs. Again, most people can't, they're not meant to be entrepreneurs. So the worst day of corporate ever for me was when my job salary got cut in half 
Also, by the way, that's the best day I've ever had in corporate because of this. But but that's not even the top 50 worst days of being an entrepreneur over the last four years. So people can either do this or they can't do this. And most people can't do this. That's why they fizzle out or they're not. They just run a nickel and dime business with no aspirations. And that's fine. I only work with the people that that get it at the highest level and they'll make the investment to do that. So you're either born like this or you're not. I strongly believe that. That said, I just work on my mindset every day. So I just built an impenetrable mindset. And all that does is attract other, like you said, confident people that make the investment. At the highest level, there are no excuses. No excuses. Only investment. So there are no excuses. You either make the investment or you make an excuse. And I don't work with anyone that makes an excuse because that's a waste of my time. Early on, what was the what was the biggest investment that you made that made you the most nervous, right? Like I, I know you've been working on this mindset. So I imagine that that tool has gotten sharp and it's got to be easier to make these big investments. But oh, what was- yeah, a hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So I'm an outlier even for the highest performing entrepreneur. What does that mean? So I did an extensive uh, study with a, a professor at Northwestern University who's did an extensive study on the top level entrepreneurs on the planet and so several hours study. She's like, oh, you know, oddball entrepreneurial brain, even for the highest performing entrepreneur. I'm like, well, I know that. Thank you for telling me that. And I spent several hours. Thanks. I knew that. But so, so what does that mean? So I've always invested in myself from the start. Most entrepreneurs invest in employees or office space or whatever. That's fine. And that's fine. I've always just invested in myself. Those investments kept getting bigger and bigger over the first two years. I think the most I invested in a, an organization, I guess, for lack of a better term, a networking group is, you know, maybe 2K a year. At the two-year mark, I'm like, you know, my mentors were like, you're not, you don't need a painter. You, your brain is flying, floating around up here. You need to be in this group called Strategic Coach. So Strategic Coach is the top entrepreneurial group in the world. I'm very confident saying that. That's led by Dan Sullivan, who's the top entrepreneurial coach who's ever lived. I very confident saying that any who's who knows who Dan Sullivan is or is in strategic coach or has been in it. So that is 10 K a year. I started doing that two years in, that was a big investment at the time, but easy investment. I'd invest 50 K a year alone, just in strategic coach. Now I will be soon. And uh, the other big investment that I think you might find interesting is I would throw very large client appreciation parties. So even in year one, my knock on wood, a uh, company's profit has always been in the six figures each year. I'm very, very fortunate for that and very grateful. So I reinvested that money into like renting out uh, a suite at a White Sox, Chicago White Sox game or a suite at Arlington Park Racetrack, which is a big racetrack in the Illinois area, and then have my clients there and bring a videographer with, with testimonials. And those investments were, oh man, how much were those at the beginning? Between five and 10K. So at the time, that was a very big investment, but I'm like, oh, I've always thought of everything as an investment, not a cost. There are no costs at the highest level, only investment. So I've always invested in things like that. I love that, right? Because I, you know, this is year beginning of technically year three of my business, but year one of my business, I I literally just left a bad situation because I knew it was bad and I had no idea what I was going to do. And I just kind of went on like a 90-day networking to conferences to figure out what I would do in 10 years. And it took me about six months before I even thought of what my product would be. So I really call 2020, you know, I would say I'm in like year one and a half of my business. And at the end of, at the end of 2019, I had already made some money and I reinvested it into an event also, right? I invented, I, I, I invited five people to a really nice cabin in North Carolina. And at the end of this year where we made some real money, 
I, I invested all in brand, right? Like book and team and, and stuff like that, right? Like strategic investments in that stuff. So I, I think of it that way as well. But I was just telling you, right? Like I, I struggle with the idea that as a connector, you know, investing in masterminds, I feel like it's almost, it, it's almost like why, if I can curate my own community, what's the point in investing in a mastermind? Can you kind of talk me through that? Yeah, no, 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 no. At the highest level, there's no competition, only collaboration. No, no, no. There's no competition with your own mastermind and someone else's. Oh, I'm not, by the way, I'm not trying to start a mastermind, right? Like for right. me, it's just but like, my yeah. point is there are no, there are no, there's no competition between networks. There's only collaboration. So yeah. I just invest heavily to be in the right room with the right people because they're the only ones who understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. Just a good investment. There's no, 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 no. Yeah. Cause that's, that's what I mean. Like my company's exponentially grown. Profits have doubled very quickly, if not trip. Well, if you really look at it, technically they've quintupled or whatever the number is after that, but that's all because of the network. Why? Because I invest heavily to be in the top groups in the world. Why? Because they're the only people that understand what I'm talking about. Why? Because they're the only ones that actually make the investment. They're the wow people that actually make the investment. Wow people that don't do anything about it are wasting my time. And they're just, those are just idea people that don't execute. I have no time for that. The people that I hang out with, by making it five-figure investments to be in rooms like that, they're, that means they're wow people that make the investment. So those are the only people that I work with because they just make the investment, period. What I'm hearing right now is really speaking to me. It's all like hitting me as I'm talking to you, right? But my biggest problem right now is not lack of attention, right? Like I have, my schedule's booked out to like mid-April, but it isn't the right, like it, it hit me over the weekend that I'm just not talking to the right people. So yeah, I guess that- wasting your time. I, I mean, I already knew that. I could tell. That's yeah. what I mean. I have no time to waste time. I have no time for vi- town vampires. Yeah. So only people I work with have three attributes in their mindset. And by the way, in these groups that I'm in, which are all five-figure investments, those are the only people that are in there because they make the investment. They don't waste time with nonsense. They just make the investment. So those people, they have visionary abundance investment mindset, visionary abundance investment. So people like that are either running high six-figure to 10-figure businesses. They see their families whenever they want to, and they do what they like to do and what they're good at, or they're going to be one of those people. So there's no what do you cost or charge. There's no nickel and diming. And so people like that only hang out with other people like that, because why would you hang out with a wannabe? You can hang out with somebody that is actually doing something and making the investment. That's my whole point. I have no time for wannabes and all these groups where there's people paying $1,000 a year or whatever it is, and they don't do anything because it's a way it's that's nonsense that to me, I don't understand that. And uh, my litmus test, I have an amazing, surprisingly normal wife and two incredible, somewhat normal children who are really great, really great boys. They're eight and six. So if I talk to someone, this this is my litmus test. If I talk to someone and I'll know right away, I'll know immediately if they're going to waste my time or take away time from my children, I'll never talk to that person again. Why? Because directness weeds out nonsense and attracts greatness. And the people at the highest level are attracted to that because they know that's confidence. And they don't have time to hang out with wannabes either because wannabes will waste your time and not do anything about it. I just hang out with the people that will make the investment. And again, those groups that I'm in, they're just people making the investment, period. So you said three things you look for in a client there. I feel like I heard two. I heard I heard directness and I heard people that make investments. What's the third one there? Abundance, visionary, investment. Abundance. Abundance. Those are the only three attributes. Abundance, visionary, investment. So there's no cost scarcity. There's no nickel and diming. There's no blah, blah, blah with no action behind it. People at the highest level don't have time for blah, blah, blah with no action. That's a waste of time. So the people I hang out, I have two billionaires that are clients and then five people that are dirt broke. 
maybe six. So people who are dirt broke with those three attributes in their mindset, visionary abundance investment, they'll make the investment. They'll find a way to make the investment because they want to be in that first group. They'll just figure it out. They'll make the investment. That makes sense, man. When you said that you could tell right off the bat, what did you mean? Well, because you're arguing, you had the exact opposite argument of what, I mean, I created an entire global company with being in groups like that. Yeah. So I could tell you, I knew you were going to say something like that because you're not in the right group. I could tell that right away. So, and that's what I mean. The problems that you're having, I don't have any of those problems because I eliminate that with my directness and being in the right group and making big investments. That's my whole point. That's why I was excited to have this conversation with you because you have the right mindset. You're just not in the right groups. That makes sense, man. Well, that's all it is. I mean, all this other stuff is landing the plane nonsense. All I have is the right mindset that attracts the right network and those people create the right opportunities for me. So again, I have the right mindset that attracts the right people and they create right opportunities. So there's no sales funnels. There's none of this marketing garbage, none of that. I just create value for the highest performing people on the planet. They create value for me. That's all it is. All this other stuff's meaningless. It's just, it's nonsense. Makes a lot of sense, man. Listen, the, the, the thing that, the thing that I really loved, or at least, or at least the thing that made me feel good about myself when I heard you talking about it is this idea that what you do is you use your LinkedIn as a platform to intro people, right? Like that is exactly how I use my LinkedIn as well, right? And exactly why I do this. And then I make marketing material about this conversation or whatnot. How did you, how did you get to that strategy? Is that, has that been the way that you have always operated? Can you kind of talk to me a little bit? No, that's a good question. So I always laugh when I hear LinkedIn expert, LinkedIn expert, silly. It's a silly term because I just use LinkedIn as a use LinkedIn as a commercial for other people. So when I started my company, I think I had two thousand followers on LinkedIn, and at the time I think I had like ten thousand five hundred on Twitter or whatever. So I think I have about the same on Twitter now, and on LinkedIn now I have twenty five thousand. Why? Because I saw it actually led to something. So just kept growing. LinkedIn following. So there's, I have two types of followers on LinkedIn, two types, one highest performing entrepreneurs on, on the planet and two journalists. So those are typical followers. And then I just used it as a commercial for other people. And it's a good platform. It's a good platform. There's a lot of spam on there, but my directness eliminates a lot of that. But for the most part, it's a good, good platform. So what I'm hearing is, and by the way, this is one-to-one what I pursued is this idea of if you know journalists and you know interesting people, then you can use your social media platform in a very in in a promotional way that mm-hmm. gets whoever you're trying to like compliment or work with or like call out you get them into the the eyes of people that have platforms to promote them right like that's why i invested heavily in the last 2 years of just networking podcasting conferences cuz i wanted a a way that if i meet 100 people it's not just 100 people i meet 100 people that have at least 100 people to introduce me to since you left the world of media is most of your network from your days in journalism or have you continued to like grow that piece while you grow the the world-class entrepreneur piece how do you balance that yeah that's great that's a great question because i have a weird brain again that's top professor of entrepreneurship in the world telling me that so my brain is a crm of geniuses what does that mean i can talk to someone in australia and they'll see something random i'll be like oh i know someone in canada that thinks like that and immediately connect them i just my brain boom, it just immediately triggers something. So on my brain, my company is just tens of thousands of the highest performing people on the planet. We're constantly introducing each other for mutual gain. And the byproduct is I'm constantly getting interest to companies around the world that want to hire my firm. No funnels, no sit, no, 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 no. Just create value, create value, create value, create value. And so what's been interesting is to, to really answer your question to land the plane is that as my company's grown, 
the network has grown both for the top level entrepreneurs and then also for journalists and then a hybrid of both. So what does a hybrid of both mean? It means half the people that I introduce my clients to are insanely high performing entrepreneurs that actually host podcasts. And that's how media is being, that's how media is evolving is that podcasts are replacing mainstream media in terms of relevance and importance. But I can talk about that more if you want, but that's, that's, I've seen that from a firsthand perspective because the book I wrote last year, that's an international bestseller in six countries and that's fine, but more it's led to being a key for me and my company and then helping my clients. But that's how the network has grown is because essentially entrepreneurs are creating their own platforms through podcasts to create their own networks and then collaborating with other high level things. And it's all my company is, is just a giant collaboration of the highest performing Genius, man. I love it. Because <laughs> uh, if you ask me to install a light bulb, I'll have a nervous breakdown. But at this, that's what I mean. Like at this, I, I appreciate you saying that, but I just, I just am like, that's, there's nothing. I stopped questioning my brain a long time ago. I, I just stopped because I'm like, this is my brain and I have a very unusual brain. But in this case, with this company, with these type of people, it just exponentially grows and there's no limit to it. And it's very exciting because you know, you asked like vulnerable, right? Vulnerable at the start. It's like, you know, I had zero business background, zero revenue when I started this, zero, a uh, 0.1%, a thousand people for one new client. So that type of hustle and drive is what led to this. But I have a weird brain that was capable of something like this. So that's been the coolest thing about this company is that Besides, I get to see my children and my wife and for the people I want to work with and all that stuff. And that's, that's amazing. But now I see what my brain's actually capable of. That's a really cool thing because you just you gamble on yourself. You invest in yourself. You invest in your network. You invest in your network. And so I just keep doubling down on myself. It's amazing, man. I, listen, I, I recently, I get sent a bunch of stuff on like how to connect with people and, and, and whatnot, right? And, and I recently got sent this article that explained three different types of super connectors one of them is the person that you know will introduce you to a lot of people. Another person is the person that helps you kind of like connect the dots with what you're doing. And another person is the person that connects the dots with how big you can go. And I had never really, I had never really understood that that was an archetype. And the person that sent it to me is like, you're this third person, right? Like, and, and as I'm reading those first three, I'm like, Man, the first one sounds like me. The second one sounds like me. And then when I got to the third one, I'm like, oh my God, that is that is it, right? So I, I, I see you as describing exactly that. You're, I'm the third person. You're, you're, you're the third person that understands how to create the alchemy out of the, the sum of the parts to make a greater whole. A, a, yeah, a so that's brilliant. Okay, so you, you have a brilliant brain when it comes to that because let me explain it in very simple terms because I'm a simplifier. I just hear blah, 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 and then simplify it. Okay, <laughs> yeah. that's just how my... Okay, so... So, okay, so like people look at me from the outside and they see like intro, 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 and they're like, how do you do that, right? So my brain immediately simplifies things, immediately. And I can talk to someone and I immediately hear them saying this thing that's a ding and then my brain can connect them to this other ding, whether it's halfway across the world or a block from their house or same industry, whatever the hell that is. And that ding is the highest level multiplier for that person's life and business immediately. And then I could just ding, 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 immediately. Like that's so easy for me. That's like breathing. That's like water. And none of this has worked for me, by the way. I work zero hours a week. Why? Because I hang out with the top level people in the world and they just pay my company and none of it's work. It's just fun. Like this is fun for me. It's, it's like, it's just fun. And, uh, and so 
at my core, I'm a hundred percent simplifier, just simplify everything. And then my company is a hundred percent multiplier. It just takes the simplification and just boom, 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 boom at the highest level, that third group. It's the third group of the third group. That's what my company and brain is. It's the highest performing for the highest performing. And then because I have five to 10 conversations at the highest level every Monday through Friday, it just keeps growing and growing. growing. So there's, that's what I mean. That's why it's exciting because it just exponentially grows constantly. I love it, man. I love it. Listen, man, I, I see you, you know, this is what's so exciting about having crossed your path, right? Because I see you two years out, three years out, and it's exactly, I feel like the first time somebody turned me on to Gary Vee's content, totally different personality, right? But like, I'm like, oh, this is, this is the archetype, right? Like this is the add value at scale archetype. You, you are, you are the multiplier of like, you know, paint, paint the huge picture and connect the dots archetype simply and, 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 and promote and, and, and magnify, you know, create multiplier around you when you can simplify what is, what is hard for people to see, man. Exactly right. That's a hunt dude. That was really, really well done. What you just said. That's exactly what it is. It simplifies and then multiplies. Beautiful, man. I feel like I just repeated what you said. So you're the (laughs) simplified it. Awesome, man. All right. So I want to dig into a couple of things in, in your, in your background, right? Like you said, you said something along the lines of in, in something that I listened to that every entrepreneur that you know, that is successful has had to get over one of four things. Do you know what I'm talking about? Can you, can you explain that to me? Yeah. So the background of that is Inc. Magazine did a big article about that. And so in October of 2020, I posted Okay. All I do is talk to people highest level and then simplify. So I have not met one entrepreneur at the very highest level. And again, I'm not talking about small business. I'm talking about very big time. And so, and that's fine by the way, but I'm talking, these are high level people. And so I've not met one that has not overcome at least one of the following four things. Most are two or three and some are all four. The all four ones are like, you know, they're insanely successful. So here are the four things. Bankruptcy or potential bankruptcy, two, depression, Three, the highest level of anxiety that you can imagine, and four, likely and or possible traumatic experiences as a child or young adult. Okay, so again, I still haven't met one entrepreneur that has not overcome at least one. Most are two or three. Most are two or three. Some are all four. And okay, so a human uses those as excuses. At the highest level, there's no excuse, only investment. So top-level entrepreneur, that's just entrepreneur life. Figure it out. No excuses. And it's interesting because I'm the Gallup Strength Finders. Gallup Strength Finders, uh, G-A-L-L-U-P. There's 34 of them. My top, my top three are maximize, activator, maximizer, achiever. So those, that's a good top three to be an high-level entrepreneur. I'm dead last in empathy, dead last. So here's the interesting thing about that. When it comes to the highest-performing entrepreneurs, I have endless empathy. Why? Because I understand what it takes to get there. Normal human being, I have no empathy for. I don't know why. I just don't because they don't understand what I'm talking about, and I don't understand what they're, what they're complaining about. But the highest performing entrepreneur, endless empathy, because I know what it takes, what you have to put yourself through without exception, by the way, to get to this level. And so for those those people, which are the extreme minority, but in my life, they're 100% majority, I have endless empathy, endless empathy for them, because I know what it takes. That's, that's really interesting that you say it that way, because that is kind of the whole vulnerability connection thing, right? Like, if if you meet people that have struggled with those one of those four things, so you reverse engineer it, right? Like you know that if you I get reverse to reverse engineer st- everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, yeah, me too. 
Me too. But you, you, you get to, you understand that if you've struggled with those things and you're at this level, then you have shared that vulnerability with them. And therefore you can be empathetic towards how they got to where they're at to a certain extent. I don't know if that made any sense. It did. It did. Yeah. Matter. Well, of course, because that's just entrepreneur life. Yeah. And so when I was a journalist, I interviewed, you know, over 10,000 people, top athletes, top entertainers, top musicians, top actor, whatever, whatever, top, best. And the only only commonality, because I simplify everything, is mindset. That's it. That's the only commonality between the top entrepreneur, the top athlete, the top entertainer, the top whatever. It's They have the same mindset. Other than that, whatever they do, however they land the plane, it's fine, but they just have the same mindset. And again, yeah. they have the mentality where they there are no excuses. No, there are no excuses. And I don't understand people that make excuses because it's, I have no empathy for that because there are no excuses at the highest level. There are none. You just get it done. So, so when's the last time that you, that you felt crippling anxiety, man? Cause you crippling? seem like, some, yeah. Or, you know, like this extreme anxiety. I don't know. I, I like, I, I know that you had a traumatic childhood experience oh, yeah, with, with your sure. father so, passing away. Yeah. Right? right. Yeah. So again, that's entrepreneur life. My youngest brother died of a drug overdose when he was 29 entrepreneur life you just figure it out and uh, but end of 20 2018 end of 2018 i'd made more money that was when the company's still not two years a year and a half i'd made more money a year than i ever thought possible i'd never been more miserable in my life crippling anxiety why because you go from making 30 40 50k a month and in when you're getting a paycheck every two weeks and you you know for your whole life and then you go to you go to you know make 30 40 50k a month and then you're looking at next month and there's zero income coming in that's a crippling feeling and so i'm glad i went through that because i'm just glad i went through that because one because that's entrepreneur life that's just how it is that, that's just entrepreneur life and i learned a lot from that because i learned that there in this world it's an endless roller coaster there's not the only consistent thing is that it'll be inconsistent and so learning, learning from that was very helpful because now I don't look at things like, oh, I don't have income coming in a month or two from now. I just look at it as you talk to this type of person, you provide that this value for this type of person, this is a result. You do this with this type of person, this is the result. Now I've seen that over almost four years. You raise your rates exponentially, this is the result. 100% of the time, you raise your rates exponentially, it just attracts better people. Raise your rates exponentially, it attracts better people. Better people introduce you to better people. They will invest more. So I just just kept raising my rates. But I had to learn all that. I had to learn all that by going down here into crippling anxiety. And so one of my mentors, great guy, his name's Colin, at that time when I was like, oh, man, I don't understand this. Like, I don't understand why I'm feeling like this. He's like, oh, well, every entrepreneur at the highest level has gone through what you're going through. So just learn from it. Learn from how you feel and realize it won't be like this the next time. Like, oh, thank you. So that was life-changing advice. So no more crippling anxiety because now I just know you do this with this type of person, it leads to this. Do this, it leads to this. Raise the rates to this, it leads to this. Very simple. I'm hearing you overcome anxiety through pattern recognition and you've gotten the pattern recognition. Oh, oh, that was good. That was good. My whole life is patterns. Whole life. Whole life is patterns and, and habits. Patterns and habits. So there's good habits. There's really bad habits, right? A lot of, a lot of bad habits. My whole life is good habits. What does that mean? What does that mean? And this will continue my discussion about why I'm in these groups. I pay a lot of money to be in these groups. That's a good habit. So I start my day. 
every day with a gratitude journal, grateful journal to my wife. Who's the nicest, kindest. She's number one on empathy. I'm dead last on empathy. She'd be number one. She's 100% gray. I'm 100% black and white. I don't know why she married me, but she did. But anyway, I, so I start my day with a gratitude journal for her. That's how I start every single day because the most important thing for my wife is to have someone say thank you to her. I don't care if anyone says thank you to it. I just, that's, it's like human discussion. I don't really care. But for her, that's number one. So that's how I start my day. I run six days outside, no matter the weather conditions. We live in Chicago. It's very cold here in the winter, which I like. But So I've done that for almost 20 years. I have five to ten conversations at the highest level with the top performing people in the world. Every Monday through Friday, I'm in three of the top entrepreneurial groups in the world. I raise my rates exponentially to weed out nonsense. And then I end my day with a gratitude journal on LinkedIn, which we talked about earlier, all the things I'm grateful for. Because when you're constantly grateful, it's hard to be ungrateful. So you just said patterns. My whole life is patterns. And again, it's that mindset pattern. That's why I only work with people with those three attributes. Because if you have that mindset pattern, you can only be one of those two types of people. You can't be a nickel and dimer with that mindset. You can't. Because you'll make the investment. You won't make an excuse. Outstanding, man. Outstanding. I'm, I'm about to copy all of that for my daily routine. Go for it. Again, yeah. so that's what I mean. Fine. Yeah. Take it. Because yeah. there's at the highest level, no competition, only collaboration. And that's what I mean. So it's so funny that you said copy, right? So my company's entire process is on my website. It's literally right. Who cares? Go ahead. Somebody can copy it. One, I don't care. There's so much business to go around. It's endless business. Two, there's no competition, only collaboration. And the people I hang out with, they're going to they're gonna want to work with me and my firm because of my mindset. They don't care about the rates. They just want to partner with someone who gets and, and most people don't have my mindset. And then they don't have my network, period. So there's no, doesn't matter. Here's this, here's my company's process. Go ahead. It's fine. Everybody wins with that process because I created my entire business model based on how PR firms annoyed me for 20 years as a journalist. There's no competition. And it's funny because I was doing an interview the other day. The guy's like, oh, yeah, you're in a really competitive field, PR. I go, no, I'm not. It's all, com- it's all collaboration. I don't compete with anybody. There's no competition. And, and I think we talked about this in a LinkedIn chat before, but just the buyer. Companies pay my firm, but I just buy the people I want to hang out with. They pay my firm, but I don't sell anything. Just people are paying my firm, but I only buy the people I want to hang out with, period. I love it, man. I love it. I love it. So I, by the way, I, you came from the journalism world and you started your business model based on what annoyed you. I I did the same thing, right? Like I, I've based my whole business. I came from the construction world in hospital development and whatnot. And, and, and I spent a lot of time building nonprofit groups, right? So basically the networking rooms, right? Like the chambers of commerce and the, and the philanthropic galas and whatnot, and I built everything based on what annoyed me on how people network, right? And so again, it, it came to the same. It came to the same output, right? It's promote other people, be the stage for other people to connect through you, and 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 network with the highest level people, understand what they do, and be able to like reverse engineer what they do and describe what they do for other people, so that you can then spin up that vision of what what people are missing is essentially exactly where I'm at as well. So you know. That being said, I would love to I would love to ask you. I heard you say that you've always been an alien in your family and your community, right? Like and I've the the identifier that I'm starting to find, I used to always think that 
oh, I'm the most American person in my family. In, 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 in every American group that I hang out with, I'm the most Hispanic guy. And every Hispanic group I hang out with, I'm the American guy. And like, I thought nobody ever understood that. But this feeling of always being an outsider mm-hmm. on the inside is something that's always been with me. And I'm finding that in pattern and recognition. At what, at what point did you at what point did you understand that your that your different is better and that that your that your alien feeling is like this edge or 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 it is a, an indicator into understanding that part yeah that's a good question again so as background you you said it i'll say it again so people like us were usually aliens within our own family aliens within our own community and aliens with their own vertical so nobody understood me growing up knowing it i live in a Fairly affluent community. I grew up, lived two miles exactly from where I grew up in. People drive nice cars around here. This is the cheapest, cost conscious. The first question for most people that live here was, what do you cost? Like, And I just don't work with anyone like that. So that's why I have clients around the world because I, I had to find people that understood what I was talking about. And then as a journalist, I'm an entrepreneur who happens to be a journalist. I'm not a journalist who happens to be a journalist. There's a very big difference. When I was a journalist, I wrote the stories that I would end newscasts, the things that were very positive or inspirational. So this is what, what I do with my firm now. So I never understood if it bleeds, it leads. I don't, I still don't understand that. I don't understand negative news. I just don't, I don't even live in that world at all. That's what I mean. People are like, oh, competitive environment. I go, no, I just eliminate all that. But, but you know, it's, you look at, you look at the outliers, right? It really started to sink in because I was always this person. But then when I joined Strategic Coach and I got in that room with those people, I'm like, oh, here's finally people understand what I'm talking about. Not only do they understand what I'm talking about, but they want to exponentially grow that and support that. And uh, that's very important because we're, you know, our society as a global society, overwhelming majority is cost scarcity overwhelming majority and then our educational system is taught to help you get a job not to create a job not create jobs it's to help you to have a job or have an industry that you're in not to create an industry and so i found people like me they don't fit in right to the current educational system they just don't and that's why i mean i never heard the word entrepreneur growing up at all i got a full academic scholarship to college i got a 32 on my act so i some somewhat of a brain but th- this life isn't even it's barely even discussed. Now, of course, there are exceptions at the college level, but for the most part, it's not discussed. And so, again, the best part about this is my sons are eight and six. And so my eight-year-old, when he was seven, you and I were walking to school and he started his first business when he was seven, by the way. So we, we were walking to school. I go, and he was like, oh, dad, I'm so bored with school. I go, well, yeah, of course you're bored. You're being taught by people with zero entrepreneurial skills or instincts. So I'm like, you know, learn to read and write and stuff. And my wife's a doctor, so I'm sure he'll go to college or whatever, but my both my sons, I'm sure they will. But, but I'm like, you know, I'll go learn to read and write, and then I'll, I'm in all these groups. You can sit on my lap when, we, when I'm in those groups. So when I'm in all these groups with entrepreneurs that run seven to ten figure businesses, my sons just sit on my lap and watch. So that's the coolest part about being an entrepreneur is I give my children a distinct advantage, whether they become entrepreneurs or not. That's whatever. But they're getting a real education, how life actually works. And that's really exciting for me because I never got that opportunity and now I can really help them, help them learn what it's like. That's really cool, man. That's really, really cool. I, I, I love the, I heard you, I heard you describing like you and your sons as this like big fraternity and, 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 and how you guys are kind of like a bunch of, a, a bunch of guys, like being, being kind of maniacs. And I love that. I love that. 
I love that the tableau the tableau of it, right? Like I'm I'm really really into it. You mentioned, man, it's it's funny because I I've been hot on this idea of people that come from. I don't meet a lot of people that come from an affluent background like me and are still able to step out on a limb and then snap it off and build a, and, and build the airplane on the way down kind of thing. Right. So uh, like, I can explain that because uh, this might be helpful because I love please. where you're going with this. Yeah. So here's, this is a joke, but it's not a joke. I'm mm-hmm. serious about this. So my bloodline is half North shore, North shore is an area in Chicago suburbs. Okay. So I'm half North shore liberal elite and then half pure white trash. And so I can get along with everybody. So people laugh when I say that, but I'm being serious. And actually the pure white trash part, I embrace that far more, far more when it comes to entrepreneur life. And, and so I'm get you've heard, I'm guessing you've heard this because I've talked about it a lot in my podcast, but my parents, my parents, uh, very fortunate to have my parents. So my father was 61 when I was born and my mom was 27. Okay. So they're 34 year difference. It's a big difference. And uh, so my father came from nothing, came from nothing. He was a soldier hero, World War II hero, fought in Korea, became an attorney in the Nuremberg Trials, president of an insurance company, came from nothing. He got shot down nine times in battle, and uh, he kept a diary of his experiences in the Battle of the Hurricane Forest, very, very bloody battle. And, and uh, so I found that after he died, he'd be, 100, be 105 now if he was alive. And uh, so that diary is very important to me. And uh, I read it every now and then. And I, I write exactly like he does. Boom, 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 boom. Just inform and entertain. No BS, no fluff, just boom, 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 boom. So I have the storytelling ability. It's just in me. Okay, so that's my dad. And then my mom was 27. So my dad was driving on an expressway in his late 50s. And a drunk driver went across the median and hit him head on. And the drunk driver was killed immediately. My, my dad survived because you don't figure it out right so and uh, my mom was his nurse so she literally nursed him back to health saved his life and uh, so so i used to think i had nothing in common with my mom before i started my company other than we like uh, ice cream and butter my mom and i both like ice cream and butter a lot but so most of my days talking to the highest performing entrepreneurs in the world right i still i have never met anyone with more hustle than my mom ever but she's overcome survive and thrive the ultimate survive and thrive no excuses it's i mean and my mom is a functional adult it's incre- it's incredible and i'm like oh so this is where i got my hustle from <laughs> i got my hustle from my mom and by the way my dad's hustle was off the charts nothing compared to my mom's no i that it's it's a, it's amazing like her hustle her ability it's it's off the charts and so you combine my dad and my mom, here I am. And uh, that's why I can land the plane and build it because the hustle's off the charts. Storytelling's off the charts because it's from my, it's from my parents. So I'm very thankful that they're my parents. And then it's passed down to my children. They have my wife's normalcy and, and brilliant intelligence and empathy and kindness and all that other stuff. And then they have my wackadoodness. I love it, man. I love it. Oh, man, so much, so much pattern recognition. My dad, Came when he was 14 from Cuba with nothing, right? right? right. And, and, and by the time I was born, I'm the youngest, right? So my mom, my mom wasn't that young by the time I was born, but I did grow up from the hustling dad that built an empire for himself and my mom. And, and I always wanted to be like my dad. And my mom, now that I see it, is the quintessential super connector, right? Like my mom is like that, that person in society that knows everybody and has an introduction. And the older I get, the more I'm like my mom too. Yeah. And 
I didn't experience trauma till I, till I lost my brother like seven years ago now. So I'm like putting together all these pieces and where I want to go with this is that journal of your dad's man. Like now I, I, I produce a copious amount of content, right? Like, and I, and I, and I see myself as documenting other people's journeys because I see the idea that like, man, if I could have my dad's journal of when he was 30 and when he was 35 and when he was 40, what that would mean to me. And, and you be, and I look at, you know, my, my brother's son and, and thinking of, and, and his daughters and thinking of like, if my brother would have created this content, right? Like I'm, I'm two years away from how old my brother was when he passed away. And, and it's weighing really heavily on me of, of being able to like document, you know, the things that he believed in and, and, and where I'm at in life. And I, I guess what I want to lob up to you is the effect of that journal on you and how that makes you perceive your responsibility to create content as a legacy piece. Does that, does that flow through your head in any way? Yes. So usually I have answers right away. That one's going to make me think about it because it's so like, you see how I'm dressed here, right? Like my company's very profitable. This is my natural state of dressing (laughs) t-shirt hat. I'm wearing pajama pants right now. So, okay. I don't care. Like, we live in a pretty nice house, but like that's meaningless to me. I'd be perfectly happy living in a cave. It's fine. That diary is everything to me. Everything. Everything. That thing has survived floods. It survived. I mean, it's one of the best things I've ever written. It just, I mean, it's, it just is. Okay. So as good of writer as I am, my dad was world class. And people always ask me to publish it. I don't know if I'm going to. I might. But that diary is my most important. It's the most, besides, if, if our house was burning down, I'd save my family in that diary. That's it. I don't care about all this other garbage. All this other garbage is garbage. That diary is the opposite of garbage. Why? Because it's history. It's living history. Two, it's, I write exactly like my father does. It's my most important connection. And, uh, you know, again, he died when I was 13. And so I know what it's like to not have a dad around. And uh, your dad came here when he was 14. So, so my dad died when I was 13. And so that's why I'm so close to my children, because I know what it's like. And I'm never going to be one of those entrepreneurs that lets entrepreneur life destroy family life. That will never that will never happen. And all my best friends, all my best friends, with the exception of my wife, who's not an entrepreneur, thank God. But all my best friends are entrepreneurs at the highest level that put their families first, no matter what. They would never let entrepreneur life ruin family life. Those are all my best friends. And so that diary is the number one bridge to that, for that, my entire reasoning in that. And I mean, the Jimmy V speech, there's, you know, Jimmy Valvano's speech, most famous speech, probably the most famous speech. Well, maybe not, not probably, but one of the most famous speeches in American history, it just is. And so he talks about, to paraphrase, you know, you need to know where you come from, where you are, and then where you're going. So I know where I come from at the very highest level. And most people don't have a written history of that, you know, very very thankful for that. And it's just connects me to my dad at the highest level. Have you ever thought about creating a legacy piece like that? Not maybe not for public, but like for, for that, for that, for that idea of, of living on and, and maybe your grandkids being able to see it, something like that. No, but that's what my company is. All my company is a legacy for my children and whatever they want to do with it. It's interesting because when I first started this, maybe that's an interesting question. When I first started my company, one of the first conversations I had when, and when I, I, what I mean started it when people actually knew about it, I had a conversation with a 
very, very high level CEO of a very, very large PR company in the Midwest. And he asked me, he's like, what is your goal for this? Because we're always looking to hire people. So they were trying to hire me, but which is fine. I'm like, oh, just creating something that, you know, hopefully my kids can carry on that legacy. So that's always been the goal is whatever this company becomes is immaterial. It's a legacy for my children to see how their brains, if they want to, if, if they don't, whatever, that's fine. But it's really for my children. That's beautiful, man. I Listen, I, Thanks. I like the idea that you're creating this company as a legacy and your company is inherently creating content and you are leaving that legacy seamlessly integrated into everything that you're doing, right? Like yeah, you're a writer life, and, and you're on all these podcasts and this is your life and it's all going to be really documented, man. So I think it's amazing. Right. Yeah. So that, that, right. Your question was really good. It's just what I'm doing. It's yeah. not like, uh, it's not like an objective. It's just like, this is, it's just a blueprint. It's, it's part just of a it. living group. It's just a living blueprint. That's all it is. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, it's really interesting because the company's already surpassed my wildest dreams, right? Like I, I didn't expect any of this. I mean, I, I zero business background, zero revenue, zero business backgrounds. Oh, it's already, so now I'm just like, oh, this is just company's not even four years old technically. So it just started and we'll just keep getting better and better. Why? Because I'm in the room with the right people raising rates exponentially and it just keeps, there's no limit to that. When you get rid of this competition nonsense and you, you just get rid of all that, you just play, I just play the game I want to with the rules that I want to and the players that I want to play with. And when you just find the right players in the right rooms, it just, it just grows and uh, there's no limit to it. And uh, people like numbers, right? People like numbers. I don't really like numbers at all. I got a 35 on my ACT in the math portion, which is as high as you can get. And I hate numbers. They bore me, but people like numbers. And so my company works with the 0.1% of mindsets, not the 1%, the 0.1%. Okay, so that's not a lot of people, right? Wrong. It is a lot of people. So there's 8 billion people on the planet. 0.1% of that is 8 million people. 8 million people is a lot of people when you look at it with the right mindset. So it's not a lot of people overall, but it is a lot of people overall. And those 8 million people are the ones that employ the 8 billion. So I work with the 8 million who employ the 99.9% because they're the only ones that actually do anything and will invest. I just serve those people. Dude, I love that you bring up, you're, you're the only person I know that brings up your ACT score. And by the way, I got a 32 on my ACT too. <laughs> yeah, Congratulations. Is, how's, yeah. That, how's that helped you? <laughs> I love, like, I love, I love that. I, listen, man, I, and by the way, the same exact way, 35 in math also. Like in, right. in my SATs, I got a 1490 and I had like a... That's why um, I, I only got a twelve ten on my SAT. I had a I, like I had like I had like a seven ninety in math and a, and a seven hundred in in verbal, right? So it's like very similar kind of structure. Right, so you of, have this brain. You have and, half and, of my clients can barely read. <laughs> brain is fine, but if you don't use it, you got to use the brain the right way. Agreed, man. And 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 in your in your journey, man, I realized that the reason why I'm now using my brain the right way is because I've endured trauma. I've been able to I've been able to like settle into like going through anxiety. I learned it from my wife, right? Like it's so like, it's, it's what amazing. Wife? My wife is an architect and an urban designer, right? So she is, she is also not an entrepreneur, but she is just incredibly bright and the, the best, like, you know, design, creative executioner of, of, of ideas that, that, that I know and has had to overcome a bunch of things that I never had to overcome. And by seeing that, I learned that I need to lean into the stuff that, that I need to lean into in order to maximize my potential as well, that I was coasting, right? Like, like that whole idea came from there. 
And listen, man, I, I normally end these interviews with a lightning round, but I don't want to cheapen this conversation. I think this is <laughs> just lightning round. It's landing the plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lightning rounds land the plane. Although yeah. those are fun sometimes. Yeah, it's fun sometimes, man, but I don't want to cheapen it, right? Like I, I man, this has been <laughs> this has been incredible. Justin, I, I would like for you to talk about Brepic and and this is your stage, how to co- how to connect with you. I know that you purposely don't talk about Brepic, so and but but just how to connect with you, how to who are the people that work with you, right? Like I know you don't, you're not interested in somebody asking for fees, but what do you look for in a client? You kind of laid out that whole like mindset thing in, in the way, but promote how, you know, this is your stage right now to say how to connect with you and how to, how to add value to your life if someone's looking to add value to your life. Sure. Thanks. I always laugh. This is me laughing, but I always <laughs> laugh when uh, ne- never talk about the company ever. It's hilarious <laughs> because that's meaningless. It doesn't matter. That's just a byproduct. Business is just a byproduct of real relationship. I mean, you, you, you understand. So that's all this other stuff is just planning the plane. My company is Brepic and I work with the top people on the planet. And all I hear over and over is uh, we're tired of being the best secret and we want to be in news and media at a high level to create validity and credibility for our brand. So it doesn't matter where you're located. It doesn't matter what the company does. It doesn't matter if you're a solopreneur to companies as big as Allstate. That's all meaningless. It's like, do you want these connections to the highest performing people? Do you want validity and credibility for your brand? That's it. I love it. And real quick, because I have heard you talk about this before, but at what point is a story story worthy, right? Like if you have one success case and an interesting background, is that PR story worthy? Is it, do you need to have like three clients that you've proven it with? Can you, can you illuminate that? Okay. So, okay. These are good questions. Okay, I will land the plane for this because this is an important question. Important (laughs) series of questions. Okay, so, and again, people talk and there's nothing behind it, right? I don't say anything unless there's, and I barely say anything unless someone's interviewing me. I'd rather just do something. Talking to me is very boring. But, so I only mention this because of my book. I, You know, international bestseller came out last year. Fine, great, I'm very thankful for that. But, so I've done hundreds of interviews since then, okay? So I've seen this from a first-hand perspective, because of the book and the client perspective. So there's a lot of meat behind this answer, okay? So my book came out in May of last year. I started doing media for it in February of last year when the website, basic website came out. There were no case studies. There wasn't even there wasn't even out yet. Just there was a website with a landing page. And so that's what I tell folks is like, if you have a good story, which everyone has, they just don't know how to do that. That's why they hire my firm, because why would you try to do something yourself that you're not good at? That's just... That's doesn't make any sense. And then two, so you have a good story. Everyone has that. And then a news peg, a news peg is why is it a story now? So a new company you've pivoted since COVID you're running across the United States. So that news peg is a very minor portion of the story, but that's the only other important part. And then as long as you have that website with basic messaging, go for it. And then I always tell people, the longer you wait, the longer it takes to get results. The longer you wait, the longer it takes to get results. So Again, the people I talk to, they just—they don't—they just do it. They just make the investment. They get it done. But most people don't think like that. So as long as you have a website with some type of basic messaging landing page, you're you're good. Because my my skill set, my firm skill set is blah 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 blah. Immediately turn that into a 300 word story that media really wants to do and general public cares about. You can immediately simplify that and then multiply it at the highest level to the right people. Love it, man. Good question. Good question, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Man, like, I, I just really appreciate you spending this time with me. Like, 
when we when I saw you at JD's event, I was just kind of starting to like think about PR. So I was like, oh, a perfect person to connect with. And then the last two months, it really your name has been mentioned to me by like three or four people. Mm-hmm. And and I'm like, oh man, I need to get on that dude's calendar. And then I realized we had something set up. And this has totally, totally over-delivered, right? Like I I really just appreciate even this last week that I spent really diving into who you are has very much shown a light on the patterns that I feel like I needed to recognize in order to map out the next five, 10 years of, of where I'm headed. And, and having that is so invaluable to me that how you've shown up today and, and then being able to contextualize it has added a tremendous amount of value to my life, man. And I hope that at some point I can also reciprocate in some way to yours. And I just really appreciate you, you know, spending time and doing this, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. And uh, I mean, you're a high level visionary, you're, you're a high level visionary. So it's, it'll be exciting. I like talking to people. I, I, I talk to people like you a lot. I like talking to people like you who have an interesting entrepreneurial journey and family history as well from people that came from nothing. And I was talking to this guy in New York. I can't give his name, but he comes from like five generations of the top New York City Manhattan entrepreneurial families. And so like his great, 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 great grandfather started like in like the early 1900s, like a 50 million foundation in the early 1900s, a 50 million. So that's like astronomical amount of money. So he's got all this He's got a generational entrepreneurial brain, and I just like to see how those type of brains work because it's passed down from generation at the highest level. And people like that don't have to do anything, right? But they're endlessly driven to do something because their brains and their family history. So talking to people like you and like that guy, that endlessly interests me. That's a fascinating conversation, man. Like, so I just I just recently started having that like recorded conversation with my dad. I didn't realize that my grandfather started a a pharma company in Cuba that he had that's, to leave that's behind. What I mean, that's what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's, right. that's I mean, really a fascinating. Right. Huh? So you're just a byproduct of that. That's what I'm. Right. <sighs> so it's an interest. So that's how my brain works. Blah, 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 blah. Immediately yeah. simplify it into like, yeah. oh, and I could just tell that regardless yeah. of what your SAT and ACT scores, your brain <laughs> has evolved from people at that level. And so you're the living embodiment of that carrying over and then you'll just execute on it. I mean, that's, there's, you don't complain about it, you just do it. So that's, I, I love people like that, especially ones that came from countries where they, you know, fleeing, they're yeah. fleeing. And that's just, that's just entrepreneurial spirit at the highest level. That's a new perspective to inspire me in a way that I can't describe to you how much it means, man. I really appreciate it. Well, no, I completely understand how much it means because that's what it means. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, all this do. other stuff's meaningless. If you don't, yeah. if, you, if, if I, if I, I wake up every day and I'm like, if I don't make my father proud today, really bleep this up because yeah. I owe him and my mom too, by the way, but I owe especially my dad. My dad didn't get shot down nine times. He didn't make that diary so I could F it up for him. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to F it up for my, I won't do it. I'm certainly not going to F it up for my children, but that's what I mean. It's, it's, I owe that to, I owe that to my family. To be the do the best, no excuses. That's why I have no empathy. Because if you don't give your best, then I have no empathy for you. Period. And because uh, there's no excuses, you have to you have to do your best, and you have to make the investment. The key to building your relationship flywheel will rely in your ability to design and build your own stage, where you can have conversations with people 
getting to know them, understanding their value, and sharing it to the world. This is the service that I offer, and I offer it to $100 million companies where we're setting record-breaking sales goals with it. If you want to know more about that, go to connectwithpablo.com. If you're just an individual that wants to build it, subscribe to this podcast and subscribe to my email list on my website because coming soon is a community where I'm going to teach this to you personally. Go to connectwithpablo.com.